It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. And another jam-packed show this week. We'll talk plenty of deer hunting. Brent Beimert with Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop will drop by. He's down in Illinois right now, but he's been keeping an eye on things as we head into the second weekend now of deer season here in Minnesota. We'll also see how things are going up north on the deer front as far as grouse, ducks, and are we making ice up around the Bemidji area? Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service will weigh in. And we'll revisit a conversation we had with Ray Gildow on the state of some of our favorite lakes here in Minnesota, including Gull, Round Lake, and Leech, plus another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick the show off with our Lake and Field Report. As always, brought to you by Oars and Mine in Crosby. Keep your garage space clear this winter and store your boat at Oars and Mine in Crosby. Their facility is a four-season destination for all the toys that don't fit in your garage. That's Oars and Mine, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we bring in Brent Beimert with Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210. And obviously, Brent, well, first off, we catch you. You're not actually here in our zip code. You're down in Illinois doing a little hunting down there. How's that going? Um, it's a lot of fun. The deer are on their feet, and they are cruising. We're seeing uh, multiple chasing going on, um, just deer cruising on their feet looking most of the day. I mean, right now, it's it's on, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, rare that I got out um, to uh, to the truck, but I'm ready to get back in real quick. Are are they basic? First of all, Brent, where are you hunting in Illinois? Obviously, you don't have to give away your exact spot, but you know, typical region. Where are you at? West Central Illinois. We're not far from like the Mississippi and stuff, so there's a lot of draws and drainages, and and you know a lot of crop field, but a lot of bigger pieces of timber that we can hunt too and you get into that timber right now and those deer and bucks are cruising pretty much all day long and what attracts you to that area obviously it's it's, it's big buck country is that what would basically send you there every year you know yeah this is my 20th year down here i haven't missed a season down here in 20 years um i got hooked up with a guy down here a long time ago and just the i mean it's unbelievable the big deer that are around here and running around. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a draw to this area, and um, it's just great hunting. Is it different type of hunting than what you would do here in Minnesota, Brent, or pretty similar? It's um, you know there's a lot uh, more draws and a little bit hillier country here. Um, so and we're so flat grounded out there, so you can really uh, find those draws that they're running up and down, and. Uh, the field edge hunting is so much fun with a decoy. Uh, that's what I got down for is I'm actually going to get out to the field edge tonight, place a decoy, and and um, get that set up and and uh, just keep my eyes open. And what have you heard? As you mentioned, you know, they're kind of in full rut down there in Illinois. Have we hit that here in Minnesota too? I'm pretty sure. You know, and now I've been gone for a few days. It was just 
starting to crank up a little bit. Um, unfortunately, the, the buck that I was hunting was shot and um, at home there, and so the neighbor got it, but good for him, bad for me. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, they were starting to crank up pretty good there, scrapes and rubs all over and, and some chasing going on. So it's, it's here, it's on. Yeah, and I, you're talking to a lot of hunters. They said you, you know, based on what you talked about in last week's show, Brent, you said when we did record our segment that it was just about ready to pop. And hunters told me you were spot on on that. They said basically by Saturday afternoon they could tell that something was different in the woods. Yeah, it just, and you know, in the colder, the cool air, the cold front came in. Um, now I guess there's snow at home. I, I haven't been there since that, but. Uh, the cold temperatures, that keeps deer moving on their feet all day long versus, um, you know, when it gets real warm, they all, they get warm too. They, they've been running all night. They, they bed up longer and stuff like that. So when it's cold like this, they're on their feet more and they're chasing more and they're cruising and, and different stuff. So it's, uh, it was a little slow leading up to it because I was bow hunting at home before I left and things hadn't quite cranked up. And, and now after seeing it hit here, also, I'm like, yeah, it's going. And then I talked to a few guys at home, and, and they said it's on. Yeah, and so basically right now, like you said, you got to be in the stand. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. If you can work out the cold and all that stuff, but being in the stand right now throughout the day, you're going to have your best success. Yeah, you know, I hunt the moon a lot, and I've talked about it before. And right now our moon phase is for midday. And we can see that even down here. Um, our first couple hours in the morning has typically been pretty slow, but come 10 o'clock, things really heat up and stuff started to happen. Um, a lot more chasing right in that midday. You know, and a lot of people go in for lunch or do something, and, and we sit through it down here, and, and that's the best thing to do is just get in and stay in. So we're heading into the second weekend now, Brent, and, and we've talked about this before. You know, the woods have been pressured somewhat. Uh, there's some scent out there now. Do you want to get deeper into the woods, or being that we were a little late getting into the rut, should you maybe take a first weekend mentality into the second weekend? I would, uh, sometimes I like to get a little deeper in the woods, try to find a part that is not hit, um, hit very hard, and try to get back there where we haven't been. Um, you know, like if you're hunting the same spot day in, day out, you are bumping a few. Maybe you've shot a deer there. Um, activity has increased, vehicle traffic, everything. So if you get a little further off the road, that can typically uh, help you out coming into the second weekend. But if you still got a lot of does and stuff running around, you still want to be by the does. Do you want to continue to be aggressive in your calling? Absolutely. Yep. Um, hard, uh, hard grunts, um, heavy rattles, you know, just, uh, get after it because the deer are right now too. We're starting to see some bucks, uh, down here that, you know, maybe earlier in the week had all their time. Now we're seeing those same bucks with a couple broken points and stuff like that too. So they're fighting. There was one that come by me the other day and he was limping a little bit. So, I'm going to guess that he got into a into a fight and, and come out with a limp, so hopefully he'll be all right because he needs one more year to, to really blow up. He was a real nice 5x5, five five and, and uh, it looked like he'd been battling a little bit. Yeah, they're definitely into that. So that's where your attractor scents come in as well, uh, Brent. We've talked about the landmine before. Uh, those things really are coming into play right now. 
Yep, where you've set that landmine out. Um, they, hopefully they got that area all tore up. Hopefully they've worked for guys. Um, but yeah, now the estrus urine and the in the buck scent and stuff still. Um, we're still using that a bunch and and uh, and trying to do anything to increase our odds. That's for sure. But one last thing, Brent, before we let you go on the archery front, uh, when we talked to you last week, you were literally opening the opening the boxes uh, of the new Hoyts that had came out when we talked to you. Uh, they're out and about now at the shop, so if people want to take a look at those for 2019, they're out there. Yep, we got the 2019 RX3s in. Uh, very sweet, very nice shooting bow. Uh, you got to stop out and take a look at them. Our Matthews are scheduled to come in, our first uh, pre-order on that should be here on the 13th so it's always fun to see the new bows come out it's kind of like christmas you know when you don't know what's in the box <laughs> and then you get to open it up and and uh, so it's kind of like christmas for us right about now seeing the 2019 products come in that's for sure um and basically you're going to be hunting down in illinois until when you're going to spend the week down there yeah i'll probably be coming home um here shortly uh, i've been here for a few days i'm gonna come home i gotta probably get a little bit of work done but then I'm turning around, coming back for the gun season. I can't wait to uh, uh, to get uh, you know see what happens next couple of days, and and then turn around and get back here. There you go, Brent Beimert, Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. Check him out just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210, also all over Facebook. Brent, I appreciate it. Good stuff. Good luck down there, and uh, we'll chat soon. Okay. Sounds good, Brian. Thank you. All right. When we come back, Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji will drop by. We'll talk deer hunting with Matt. He's also been doing some grouse hunting up there. He's going to be doing some duck hunting. And are we making ice up there? Matt will weigh in with all of that and more when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. As we head up north for the Up North Report to Bemidji, we go to bring in Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service. And uh, as always, a lot of stuff to talk to Matt about. We'll uh, get into talking some grouse, some ducks. Uh, but first, uh, obviously, Matt, deer hunting on many people's brains still. We're into the second weekend now and uh, talking with Brent earlier in the show. Uh, rut is pretty much in full swing here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. I would imagine up by you, pretty similar? Yeah, kind of as I predicted, opening weekend, temps were a little warm, people didn't see a lot. Um, I, I have yet to sit, but my wife and son sat, and I've had a bunch of friends sitting, and an opening weekend was just, um, it was just warm, and, you know, there was really nothing to push the deer around, and, and it sounds like a lot of people have struggled and didn't see a whole lot, and then once that wind switch from it was from the east all, all weekend opener, and then once that wind switched, it was like a light switch. And now I'm seeing deer everywhere, <laughs> and uh, and I figured that that would really kick kick rut in. And I'm seeing a lot of bucks on my property chasing does. Uh, last night I got to watch a really big eight pointer chase a doe around the backyard. Actually, chased her past the trampoline. I thought that was kind of funny. Like, <laughs> they were playing much like my kids did all summer, but. But the the does don't seem to be sitting too much. There's a lot of chasing around going on right now. So I did as far as snow cover goes up there, because we've got some here, Matt. Do you guys have quite a bit up there too? Uh, yeah, and it's still snowing now. Like it, it just kind of won't stop. And I I don't mind. But today is windy, and and then tomorrow's supposed to be calm. Um, and I I think the 
the weekend is going to be really good, and I'm looking forward to getting out. There's, there's probably, I don't know, four to five inches of snow here, and uh, and like I said, it's still coming down and blowing around and drifting a little bit. The roads are a little cruddy, but uh, but yeah, there's it's, it's deer hunting weather, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I was going to mention that because it's almost, it reminds me of when I was a kid, kind of the old-fashioned deer hunting weather, Matt, that you probably remember as well. I mean, it just seemed like when I was younger, we always hunted. It was snowy. It was cold. And then, the you know, the last five, six years, it seems like it's always been warm, like you mentioned, for opener this year. And even year before, it was raining. Um, but now, this is kind of an old-fashioned deer hunting weather right now. Well, I've got lucky. Last year, uh, we had that really wet, heavy snow. Um, so I had pl- I had plenty of snow uh, when I when I went out last year and the year before when you guys were getting that rain same thing we were getting that wet heavy snow um, so I've shot deer in the snow the last two years um, and and it's looking like if I'm going to shoot a deer this year it's going to be in the snow too but but yeah when I was a kid it was like it was like this like go out in the morning and absolutely freeze to death I remember my first deer I ever shot. Um, there was plenty of snow on the field, and I sat in the stand with my dad, and I was like borderline crying because my fingers hurt so bad. And then, and then a doe walked out, and he's like, "Go ahead," and and I remember shooting it. And then I I didn't feel cold anymore, but I remember being absolutely miserable, much like my son will be in the stand tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all comes back around, doesn't it? So yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. I, I think you know, as far as with the snow cover, uh, it's going to be easier to find scrapes and, and everything, Matt, and see how much you know bucks are using those. So I, I think all the snow is going to help. Yeah, the fresh sign finding is a lot easier, and, and tracking is obviously a lot easier. Um, I had a buddy come up and let him shoot one uh, out of one of my spots on on opening day, and we didn't find blood because it, it was like in a piney area and. And you couldn't find the blood, and then once we found the deer and were able to backtrack it, then finding the blood was easy. But now that there's snow, it sticks out pretty good. Have you talked to any hunters, any real big deer shot up there that really opened your eyes? Or is, like you said, uh, some hunters didn't have really the best success opening weekend? Well, it seemed like certain areas or certain groups, they did very, very well. And uh, and then others just didn't do well at all. Um, most of the people I talked to that were hunting you know, fields or food plots, private land they seem to do very well and a lot of us uh you know more in the woods swamp swamp deer type type hunters didn't really see much um so that's kind of how it went and i did see some really nice bucks actually a buddy shot a really nice one last night and he let it sit overnight because he didn't want to push it and uh and coyotes or wolves got to it he just sent me a picture about an hour ago and and uh, it's basically just the head and the rack left. Uh, hmm. They peeled it off pretty good, but but that was a really nice eleven pointer, and and seen some seen some really nice deer this year. So, and then basically, what you're going to be hunting, Matt? You mentioned you kind of like to get into the the swamp a little bit, and and we were this was something else we talked to Brent about too. Is that second weekend? You know, the woods has been pressured a little bit, depending upon it. You know, if you're hunting on private land or, or public land, and do you like to get back into the woods? as we get into the second weekend, or do you still concentrate a little bit on food and water sources? So up here, you know, there's not a lot of ag. So you're not, you're not cutting inland unless you own the property or own the property around it. You're, you're kind of doing your own thing. You're not going to be able to, to cut those deer off in most cases. And if you are, you're lucky. But, 
but for us, like we're we're looking for things like uh, year old clear cuts, two year old clear cuts. Um, now that the ground is covered in snow, those deer are really going to concentrate in a lot of those clearings. And it's easy to sit on those clearings that are sitting right off of grouse trails or forest roads. Um, and I like to I like to walk back and push back to like secondary cuts um, that are back in the woods a little more or or swamp edges. Now that uh, now that the swamps are frozen up a little bit, um, those are going to be the areas that I concentrate on. And you know, it's it's just where they like to be and where they like to funnel through and. You gotta you gotta try to kind of pinch deer up here, or or find what they are feeding on. And in most cases, up here with these swamp deer, it, it's going to be you know old clearings, uh, shrub tops, stuff like that. Some berries are still around. Uh, you mentioned grouse trails and stuff, Matt. Before deer season, you were having some pretty good success on those. Yeah, actually, I grouse hunted uh, opening weekend. I I spent the majority of my time grouse hunting because, uh, like I said, I put a buddy in a stand, and then my wife and and kid were we're sitting so so i did a little bit of grouse hunting and and the the week leading up to deer opener um i hit it really hard because you just you know i never i never know if i'm even going to be able to get in in the woods or trust being able to go in the woods with my dog on opening weekend so i hit it really hard in that uh, that last week and i was able to harvest nine grouse in that that final week before uh, before actually up until Sunday uh, of opening weekend. So so it was a really good end to my season. I don't know that I'll get out anymore now with the thicker snow, uh, deeper snow. I, I'll probably do a few few days where, you know, I, I have a day off and it's calm and I can go track some fresh grouse tra- tracks and uh, and get the dog out. But but for the most part, my season is basically, is basically over, so. Would you consider it a successful season, Matt, going into, you know, we saw the numbers, the drumming counts were down, but last year they were way up, and a lot of hunters didn't have success. So would you say this season was better than last year? Well, the drumming counts were down, but they were still higher than, you know, higher than what I would say normal uh, is because the counts were so high last year, and you got to remember the, the counts from this year are a reflection of last year. So they were down like 24% from last season. Um, so numbers were still projected to be high, and I, I, I found it to be true. I, I had very few days where I was out in the woods and I had, had trouble uh, finding scent and, and finding birds. So um, harvesting them was a little bit different. It's, it's, always, it's always tough shooting them, but, uh, but I, I think it was a really good year, and, and I'm, I'm happy with it. I was one short of my goal that I set for myself before the season started. So, well, you still got a little time. <laughs> so, Correct. so there we go. There uh, on the duck hunting front, anything to report there? Some pretty decent numbers. Well, most of the small stuff is frozen up here, so the divers have shown up in mass um, on on the larger bodies of water. So, you know, places like Leech and Winnie and Lake Bemidji, which you can't hunt obviously, uh, part of the refuge, but, but there are just piles of divers hanging around. And, uh, and if you're, if you're not into deer hunting, but you're into duck hunting, it's a little bit dangerous going out when it's like tomorrow morning, I'm going to, I'm actually going to go out and it's supposed to be one below when we start. Um, some could call it crazy, but, uh, (laughs) but, but I'm guessing I'm going to be pretty happy by the end of, uh, by the end of the hunt. There's a lot of birds around. 
So there you go. Uh, and I guess one that we'll just wrap up, Matt, we got to talk a little bit of fishing. Please, please tell me we're not making ice up there already. Oh, it's making ice. I've had so many calls and text <laughs> messages and Facebook messages. Do you have enough ice to walk this weekend? Do you have enough ice to walk? Oh, man. <laughs> and to be honest with you, um, 100% transparency, if, if a person wanted to get out, uh, they probably could find something, you know, like a small beaver slough type of thing. Um, but I would advise 100% against it. There's absolutely no rush, and this winter is already taking a strong grip, and it's going to be a very long one. So you got plenty of time to get out, and, uh, and I would say by next weekend, I guarantee some of the crazies will be out. Um, but I would say Thanksgiving weekend, that's that's about the time people are probably going to start really hitting it, and, and I think we're going to have plenty of safe ice, walkable at least by Thanksgiving weekend, but you won't find me on a lake uh, unless I'm duck hunting for the next uh, for the next two weeks. So it's good advice because yeah, we do. <laughs> it's crazy to think. I mean, we're here in mid-November. It's barely mid-November, and uh, we're already talking about ice fishing. So, and like you said, I think uh, we are in for a bit of a long winter, Matt. It just seems like that's the the trend we're going on. Yeah, it's going to be an ugly. It's going to be an ugly one. I can already. I can already tell. I can already feel it. It's, Hopefully it'll be good for business. <laughs> there you go. I was hoping you were going to find some sort of positivity out of that because we didn't want to end on that note. But that's Matt yeah. Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check Matt out a variety of ways on northcountryguides.com, and then you can uh, link up to all the social media there as well. Matt, I appreciate it. Good luck sitting uh, out uh, deer hunting and uh, any other hunting you're going to be doing, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Sounds good. More Branded Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. We'll take a little break from talking hunting and get into fishing and kind of that time of the year where we want to see where the state of our some of our lakes are here in Minnesota as we head towards the ice fishing season. And we're going to specifically talk about Leech, Gull, and Round Lake. And Ray Gildow joins us with the Nisswa Guides League. And Ray's got some really interesting information. He talked with uh, fisheries and the DNR about uh, some of the things that are happening, Ray, and he's going to share a lot of that with us on the show this week. I appreciate you, Ray, uh, doing the little extra work for us uh, on that. And I guess we'll start on Leech Lake. What, what are you hearing there? You know, it's that time of the year where we start looking at some of the results from surveys, and they're not really uh, formally publishing those until later. So I just have some preliminary data, some rough data. But I talked with Carl Peterson, who is a large lake specialist in Walker, about the Leech Lake area. And uh, he and sent me information about the regulations and then some recommendations that they're making for this next year. Uh, these aren't uh, finalized yet, but I think this is probably what's going to happen. The current regulation on leech is the 20 to 26 inch fish is the protected slot, and there's a four bag limit with only one over 26 in possession. And what they're proposing this year, and we have talked about this before, but is one walleye over 20 inches in possession with a maximum bag limit of four. So they're knocking that limit down. You can, what was protected before, now they're going to let us take one out of that protected slot. And the advantage of doing this for them is they can maintain a balanced population while mitigating buildup of larger fish. That's been one of the concerns on Leech Lake is there are so many 24, 25, 26-inch fish 
Uh, that's taking a real toll on the perch. So they're thinking this is going to be a move that could probably alleviate that a little bit. So that will re- reduce the pressure on the forage base, primarily yellow perch. And according to Carl, there are some trade-offs for that, and that all current management plan objectives for walleyes may not be met. So they might be reducing the numbers a little bit there. And the potential to reimpose a protected slot limit is always there if this harvest adversely impacts the abundance of spawning females. So they're going to watch that carefully. So they're going to change to a one walleye over 20 units with a possession of four beginning in May of 2019. And again, if the population metrics deviate from the management plan too much, they might have to go back and put that into protection again. And just some of the, the data collection and analysis from this year, Carl said, is not complete, but there's some preliminary information that they're getting a look at. <clears throat> the biomass, that's the pounds per acre of mature female walleyes, has exceeded the management objective plan range in six of the last seven years. And the walleye size structure shows a number of younger year class in that 2017 and 2016 in the lake that can replace harvested fish. So they think if they, we start harvesting some of those fish over 20, there's a good group of year classes coming up behind that that will help. And the fall gill net rates for walleyes have been within or above their management goals for 12 consecutive years now. And the walleye condition, which is the relative plumpness of the fish, has been at or below the lower management plan and uh, objective since 2008, I guess that is. So the walleye uh, biomass has steadily increased since 2006, which is also a good thing. And then the yellow perch abundance has been below the management minimum objectives five of the past six years. Uh, And uh, we did talk about this last year. They had a very good perch hatch, but their overall perch numbers are lower than what they want them to be. So they think that in increasing that fish over 20 inches is probably going to help that perch uh, numbers a little bit. So that's just kind of preliminary information coming from Leech Lake. And uh, it looks like in May we're probably going to have some new regulations in place there that will allow us to keep at least one fish over 20 inches. Then I uh, visited uh, through emails with Mark Bacigalupi, who is the fisheries manager uh, for the Brainerd Lakes area. And, and he shared some what I think is really good news because I know uh, a lot of us have been uh, preaching that over the years, uh, well, actually since 1997, uh, the fisheries have been stocking uh, some of our lakes, uh, Gall and Round Lake specifically in this report, with fry. And the fry, we just don't think that the fry have gotten there. We don't think the, the survival rate is very high. This is just non-scientific, just from people who have been fishing these lakes for 30 and 40 years. And so Mark um, is going to be publishing a newsletter, and they actually are doing this now. But the, uh, he, he wanted to, uh, to people to know that the current fishing success on wall has been, uh, walleyes on gall has been pretty good, and he uh, encourages people to check out Fishing to End Hunger tournament that was uh, hundreds of walleyes were caught and released. And, and that, by the way, was a cold, windy tournament. I was not in it, but I have a lot of friends who were in it. They said by the end of the day, they could already feel their hands. But Mark says those results are very encouraging, and uh, what they'll continue to do is adapt the management strategies to fish the changing conditions of the lake. So this year, for the first time since uh, 2000, uh, 1997, uh, they're going to stock approximately 40 to 60,000 
walleye fingerlings. Those are four to eight inches. They're going to be stocked in Gall Lake this fall for the first time since 1997. And I know that makes a lot of us very happy because that means in a few years we're going to probably see a lot of 14, 15, 16-inch fish. And, and when uh, in the mid-'90s, when they were stocking fingerlings, we had really good fishing. And there's nothing wrong with keeping a 16-inch walleye, so that's really, really encouraging news. So hopefully they'll get up towards that 60,000 figure. That, that's really encouraging. And they're also looking at Round Lake, uh, because Round Lake, this, the uh, fry survival is also pretty poor. So they're going to uh, stock an additional 9,400 fingerlings uh, in Round Lake this fall also. And Mark expects the survival of these fingerlings to be above average because there appears to be good numbers of yellow perch in both of these lakes and low numbers of northern pike, which eat and compete with the walleyes. Walleye fingerlings are expensive. He said it's costing them about a dollar per fish and in limited supply. But uh, the fisheries is committed to taking all reasonable steps to keep the Gall Chain of Lakes a prominent destination for walleye anglers. So, again, that's information from Mark Bacigalupi, who is the DNR Brainerd Area's Fisheries Supervisor. So I, I really think that's great news for our area uh, and I really think that uh, we're going to see the results of those stockings here in a couple of years, and that's going to be really fun. Kind of the, the updates from those two areas, and um, I think that's overall very good news. I, I agree with you 100%, Ray. A couple of questions for you on the decision to go with the fingerlings over the fry. Was that something, Ray, that, that Mark, because Mark is, is very good at being, communicating with anglers and, and, and you guys that are out there as guides that are fishing constantly. Did he get a lot of input from you guys that kind of steered him in that direction, or was that a decision that was made strictly by the DNR? I think that uh, their, their decision, according to the information he gave me, was uh, their samplings were showing very, not very good success from the fry the last couple years. So they, uh, the fingerling stocking was triggered because the walleye for survival was poor for two consecutive years as measured by their fall sampling with their electro-fishing gear. So they based it, you know, I think, they're, I think they try to do the best they can to base it on science, not so much on emotional testimony, and, uh, but their last uh, couple years of testing has just been uh, very poor. So I think that's the reason they've gone with it. Plus, we, we know there's really good... Uh, perch populations in Gaul and Round Lake both, and also a very good populations of shiners. So I think they just think the forage base can can handle it. And one last thing, any uh, the information you got on Leach, you spent a lot of time up there too. Anything there that surprised you, Ray, or is it kind of what you thought? Well, I think the thing that most of uh, most anglers, most uh, guides feel is that you know the the numbers are reportedly high, but we haven't had real high success over the summer. It's gotten a little better in places this fall. But again, that could be because there's a great forage base of tulipies. Uh, the perch numbers are good from the last two years, last year anyway, and uh, a, lot of sm- a lot of real good walleye hatches too, and walleyes do feed on walleyes. So uh, it, that could be why it's just been a tough bite for us because there's a, a lot of forage base there. And I know over the years we've seen that happen on Mille Lacs in the heydays. Um, I think it was 91 or 90. Everybody called it the Dead Sea. They thought there was something wrong with it. In 92, the lake exploded. 
and and it was just that there was a huge forage basin that year before, and then once that got thinned down, then the fishing got really good. So if there's a lot of bait down there, you know, we're just one more thing dangling around now. So some good stuff. Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. You can check him out at raygildow.com. He's all over social media as well. We're going to basically give Ray the rest of the fall and the winter off, and he will rejoin us, I hope, next spring, Ray. Uh, thanks for all of the work you've done this past spring and summer uh, for the show. I really, really appreciate it. Always coming to the table with some great information and uh, kind of going out with a bang with this last uh, go-around. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3 and time for our Hungry Hunter segment here on the show. And we bring in our good friend Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. Welcome back, Joel. Thanks, Brian. Great recipe this week, Joel. Braised venison shanks. We'll take, you know, four of our nice venison shanks if, if they're nice whole ones. If uh, if your butcher cut them up for you, you know, nice little pieces, that's cool too. But we'll take uh, four nice, nice size uh, shanks and we're going to pull them out. We're going to rub them down with olive oil. And then we're going to season them up with a little bit of salt and pepper. Let that kind of marinate. You can let it sit on the counter for an hour, or you can uh, you know, put it in the refrigerator and do it overnight. That way the seasoning really really permeates and mm-hmm. really takes all that flavor in. So while we have our uh, venison shanks just sitting out, we can uh, preheat the oven. We'll crank that up to 475. So we're going to blast these things in there. We're just going to blast them in there for 15 minutes just to get a nice crust on the outside, sear them up, just to you know, kind of sew everything and seal all the juices in there. While those are uh, in the oven, we can take our Dutch oven and uh, you know start sautéing off a little bit of bacon. Toss in some onions and let the let the onions kind of sweat out a little bit, just until the bacon starts to get a little bit crispy. And then we're gonna deglaze that with a little bit of a uh, Jack Pine Brewery beer. Ah, boy! You know any kind of any kind of <laughs> beer you have there is is, is good, but we're, we're going Jack Pine this time. We we'll deglaze with the beer, and then we'll add in a little bit of sauerkraut. A little bit of beef stock, uh, some fresh thyme, and a bay leaf. Let that come up to a boil for just a couple of minutes. And we'll pull our shanks out of the oven, and we're going to go ahead and drop those right into our our sauerkraut and uh, beer mixture. And what we're going to do is we're going to cover that up, pop it into an oven, and we're going to lower the oven to 300 degrees, and we'll pop it in there for probably another three hours just until that until all that meat starts to fall off the bone almost. You know, pull them out and uh, serve over a nice bed of sauerkraut and got a delicious venison shank. I would say so. Wow, this sounds fantastic. And it, there's a lot to it, Joel, and, but I think once people get going with it, they'll realize it's a pretty simple recipe, too. It really is. Once you once you get the shanks in the oven, and the the Dutch oven is, is not, you know, there's not really not too much going on with that. Sure. Let's let that do the work. Let that do the work, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of prep time, and, and then once you get in the oven, you can sit back and drink some brews. There you go. Well, if you want to give it a shot, uh, head to our website. Uh, I'm sure you'll love it, uh, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the recipes tab. This one and a ton of other ones there for you to try. Braised venison shanks. That's our uh, Hungry Hunter recipe for this week. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian. And that'll wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5. If you're away from your radio or out of town, you can stream the show live. BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you want to go for that. Just click on the Listen Live tab. And also you can listen on demand at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com or we are podcastable wherever you download podcasts. Podcast One, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast, wherever it is. Search Brainerd Outdoors, download us, subscribe, like, rate, and review. We'd appreciate that. 
but wherever you listen to podcasts, you will find Brainerd Outdoors. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Roberts Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.